0: This MGMA podcast is sponsored by AHIMA. Were you previously trained in ICD-10 but noticed gaps in your training? Are you seeking to improve your coding skills and knowledge? Or are you having trouble coding advanced cases in ICD-10-CM, ICD-10-PCS, or CPT? If you answered yes to any of these, then we have the workshop for you. AHIMA's Crack the Codes Advanced Coding Workshop walks you through identifying correct codes with actual redacted patient health records. Create your own one-to-four-day training schedule by choosing the classification systems that meet your needs and get a thorough review of ICD-10-CM, ICD-10-PCS, or CPT. Don't miss AHIMA's highest-rated face-to-face meeting starting June 5th in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Visit ahima.org events to learn more and register.
1: Hello and welcome to this episode of MGMA's podcast. I'm Chris Harrop, Senior Editorial Manager at MGMA. Today I'm joined by Elizabeth Woodcock, MBA, FACMPE, and CPC, who previously joined us on the MGMA podcast in April 2017. She's a professional speaker, trainer, and expert on issues affecting physician practice management, operations, and revenue cycle management. She's also an author and co-author of numerous books on practice management, including the Operating Policies and Procedures Manual for Medical Practices, Mastering Patient Flow, Patient access, tools and strategies for the medical practice, and last but not least, front office success, which is the topic of our discussion in this episode. Elizabeth, thank you for joining me today. Chris,
2: thank you so much, and thanks for all of our listeners as well. That last book, Front Office
1: Success, is the focus of a new online course based on the second edition of the book of the same name. What is interesting about this course to me is that it's intended as a tool for staff members new to the front office, which traditionally has been an area of high turnover in physician practices. Can you speak to why this is especially crucial given that your front office staff are the face of your practice and a major area of customer service?
2: Well, in your question, you've just named uh, the importance Oh, my gosh, our front office staff are the individuals who pick up the phone when our patients call or our referring up physicians' offices call. They're also, of course, the staff. Our patients see as they walk into our practices. And uh, truly, we want to make sure that these team members are that happy, smiley, warm, nurturing staff because, of course, unlike the shoe department at Nordstrom, goodness gracious, our customers are not feeling well or at the very least they're fearful or anxious so all the more reason why our team members have to be that great face
1: and of course it's not just about training on all these subjects you know getting staff members to make a personal commitment to offering that level of customer service to being that smiling face can you talk a little bit more about instilling that culture for people to make that personal commitment
2: It truly is a culture, oh my gosh, working at a medical practice, I think is the most rewarding job you could possibly have. And yet it is difficult. And so because of that challenge, making that personal commitment to service is absolutely crucial, regardless of the area of the practice that you work at. And so certainly as the face, as really the voice of the practice uh, that is most heard by our patients, as they call, as they communicate, as they come in, our front office team members really, really have to make that personal commitment to service to ensure that our culture is uh, really up a par with where we need it to be for today's medical practice.
1: It's a really good point. And while we're talking about culture, one of the big cultural aspects of front office work is breaking the habit of referring to that area in the front of the practice as the waiting room. Uh, Many successful practices are banning that phrase from their vocabulary uh, and reemphasizing that this is a reception area. How does that approach to registration and front office space affect the overall tone of a patient's visit?
2: I think it's actually pretty crucial. We use a lot of terms like a waiting room. You mentioned that. I mean, goodness gracious, we might as well call it a holding tank. So we've got to get away from that. But even verbiage like check out at the end of the patient's visit. I mean, goodness gracious, is there anything other that we could say another term that means widget other than check out? And so I think changing the vernacular is actually a really wonderful way to kind of have that real signal. You know, we're not just talking the talk. We're really making a change to our practice. And so team members, providers who hear this, oh, my gosh, the reception area, or I love to call the front office, our directors of first impressions. Goodness gracious, as we move these team members, as we move these spaces to new terminology, it is that alteration, that pivot in our culture that really is responding to today's expectations in terms of service. And I think they should be expectations of ourselves as well, not just of our patients and referring physicians.
1: And of course, there's always gonna be some time that a patient arrives, signs in, and waits. What are some of the key considerations on a broad level that practice leaders should convey to their front office staff to help manage that wait time?
2: Well, certainly, I mean, I think it's very important for us to recognize that we often put our team members in the front office in a very tough spot because we say, oh, my gosh, you've got to greet, you've got to receive. But by the way, inevitably, you're going to have to manage the wait time because we're a service operation. We've got a lot of challenges in terms of running on time. And that burden, that responsibility often falls upon our front office team members. So how can we help our team members manage that wait time? We certainly want to explain it. We want to keep our front office informed of those waits and delays, importantly, so that they can actually keep our patients informed. And I think that's really the crucial idea here is that the more we close down the front office and we have that, you know, smoky mirror, nobody can get past and look in the front office and we kind of keep that barrier between us and the patients the worse off we're going to be because our patients are going to be sitting there going, oh, my gosh, what's going on? What's going on with me? I've been waiting a long time. I'm feeling anxious. I'm fearful. This is not good. And so really those tools, in my opinion, really center around communication. So we want to make sure our team members are kept up to date about what's going on in, if you will, the back, what's going on with the clinical team in terms of waits and delays so that they can, in turn, keep patient's informed. That's really the number one way to address the management of the wait time. Boy and howdy. I think we all know nothing's going to be perfect and to the minute in a medical practice. So it's crucial for us to keep those tools, keep that training going on the management of the wait time.
1: You raised that issue of communication. And while I want to shift away from the topic of registration and reception, I think that communication piece is really intriguing when it comes to collections. Time of service payments, they're more important than ever. We're in this age of high deductible health plans, more and more of the patients uh, taking on financial responsibilities, as well as practices engaging in more cash-based services. What are some of the key components for training up a practice's front office staff to have those conversations with patients about their payments and billing?
2: Chris, you're raising a really, really great point because it used to be when I came into practice management that, oh, my gosh, not only did we not care about collections, but we were actually not supposed to care about collections. We were told money and medicine don't mix. And so we completely ignored this aspect of medical practice management for years. And yet today, oh, my gosh, our front office team members are a crucial, crucial set team unit of the business office because really the revenue cycle starts with the front office. So training our front office team members to collect from patients, whether it's at the point of scheduling where we just gently but firmly ask about balances such as, oh, Miss Woodcock, I do see that you have a balance of X, Y, Z. Do you want to go ahead and take care of that now before you come in tomorrow, for example? So really training on scripting, training on tone, training on attitude, and really actually reorienting us in the front office to recognize that, just as injections are a key responsibility of our nursing staff, goodness gracious, time of service collections are a critical role of our front office team.
1: And whether the the market is the mover here or whether it's regulatory changes, it seems like there's also going to be this trend toward more price transparency. Uh, what, is that going to be an issue for whether healthcare consumers are just asking more questions at that, in that front office interaction, or whether some states actually pass some laws to say, you need to be upfront about what you're going to be charging with people. Does that make this all the more important to people to be able to train their staff to be having conversations that really empower the patient to understand, here's your responsibility, and here's what we expect?
2: Unequivocally, Certainly, we're seeing states pass laws related to price transparency. But I even think more importantly, it makes sense for the practice. Why does it make sense for the practice? Because if we are transparent, which I really think is a sign of respect, for example, when a patient asks us, how much is this going to cost? If we tell the patient, I don't know, or uh, wait for your bill, or even worse, wait till the collection agency calls you, really that's a sign of disrespect, and furthermore, we aren't going to get paid. A patient who is kept in the dark is a non-paying one. So I think turning around this idea of price transparency and actually really embracing it makes total sense. But in order to be effective, we've got to have that face, that voice of our practice on board. And of course, as we've just discussed, that's the front office. That is the first part of the revenue cycle. And our team members there really, really introduced the best way to create a solution around price transparency. And boy, is that necessary in today's reimbursement environment.
1: That's a great point. Speaking of conversations, One of the major areas where front office staff influence your success is managing phone calls. Can you speak to the importance of proper etiquette and training for a practice's phone system?
2: It's vital. You know, it's interesting because we spent a lot of time in the last few years uh, focused on training with electronic health record systems. Prior to that, it was practice management systems. And, you know, it's interesting because our telecommunication systems have become more and more sophisticated over the last decade, and boy and howdy, the best we do is, here's how you pick up the phone. And so we're really leaving ourselves in a very vulnerable position because, of course, our phones really are the backbone of our communication system. Now, I would argue, as we're training in telecommunications, we also need to be focused on orienting and really working with alternative communication platforms like our portal. But regardless of where you look at in terms of communication, our front office team members, really the voice, so the face of our practice. So really being able to understand how to communicate with patients in today's environment is crucial. And professionalism is uh, the name of the game. And so training for our front office team members, goodness gracious, it's not only important, in my opinion, it is vital to really operate in today's times of very high patient expectations for communication and that communication to be a very professional one at that.
1: You started getting into a point about telecommunication systems that people are using these days. This kind of brings us back to the very beginning of the next patient experience that someone would have with the practice, which is scheduling. It used to be that it was as simple as You know, a one-on-one conversation with someone at the front desk and the patient looking for some magical time and date that works for a follow-up. With new practice management systems, a patient portal, as you mentioned, and other scheduling tools, how is this traditional function of the front office changing today?
2: Well, certainly the patient schedule is, in my opinion, the be-all, end-all. It is the funnel into the practice. And as you mentioned, Chris, it's really been, I don't even want to say mismanaged. It just hasn't been managed at all. We focus on charges and receivables and money, and yet what's interesting is we wouldn't have any of those if our patients didn't get on the schedule. So I'm really seeing a significant trend in the last few years uh, to focus on schedule or a more sophisticated term perhaps is capacity management is to really look at the appointment schedule as the pulse of the practice. And in order to make it an effective pulse, we need our front office team to be well-trained in that schedule and the protocols related to getting a patient on an appointment book and making sure that the flow that emanates from that appointment book from that schedule really works for the practice. Only then is it a win-win for not only the practice, but also our patients.
1: Excellent. That's a really great point. So this and much more is covered in the new Front Office Success online course, as well as the second edition of the book, both of them available at mgma.com. You can check the article link uh, for this episode. Uh, Elizabeth, thank you again so much for joining us today.
2: Thank you.
0: This MGMA podcast is sponsored by AHIMA. Were you previously trained in ICD-10 but noticed gaps in your training? Are you seeking to improve your coding skills and knowledge? Or are you having trouble coding advanced cases in ICD-10-CM, ICD-10-PCS, or CPT? If you answered yes to any of these, then we have the workshop for you. AHIMA's Crack the Codes Advanced Coding Workshop walks you through identifying correct codes with actual redacted patient health records. Create your own one to four day training schedule by choosing the classification systems that meet your needs and get a thorough review of ICD-10-CM, ICD-10-PCS, or CPT. Don't miss AHIMA's highest rated face-to-face meeting starting June 5th in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Visit AHIMA.org events to learn more and register.